Hello, my name is Louis Hadley and welcome to the Why Do We podcast, where we shed light on the history of life's indulgences and activities. Each episode, we will take one section of our daily lives that we take for granted in the modern day and expose the many histories that you may never have considered. This week, we are taking a look at booze. Joining me as ever, two experts of the everyday, all the way from Smiley Filey, we have Lewis Hitchcock. Hello, hello. And Charlie Cross. Excited to be here again. Alcohol has been a centre of human culture since the dawn of time. Fermentation, the process in which alcohol is developed, occurs in nature, making it inevitable that early humans would discover its effects. Alcohol production can be traced back to the earliest containers created, allowing humans to create the environment for fermentation repeatedly and on a large scale. It has become an irreplaceable part of social ceremony, used as a method of bonding and marking significant events. Hundreds of pre-literate societies made booze a centre of ceremony and occasion. It is even regulated in the oldest known code of laws, the Code of Harumbai of Babylonia, dated to 1770 BC, which regulated and controlled drinking houses within the state, which shows we're not talking, we're not talking recent history here. No. Have you ever watched that film, 2001 A Space Odyssey? Great film. And at the start of it, like it's like showing evolution and it's like an ape banging a rock together. And I was going to say, like, if you had seen it, like, he'd also have a beer in his hand yeah. while smashing the rock together. Just, just out of shot. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. a 10-pack of Stella. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think humans just clearly have a problem with alcohol. We just love it too much. But this long history clearly shows how prevalent booze has been for humans throughout history. So why is alcohol still so prevalent today? Because of its historical roots. I mean, ancient civilizations such as the Egyptians, Greeks, Romans have all had a deep tradition in alcohol. And continuing to the present day, it seems to become a part of our makeup as, as our society evolves. Although, I do believe that alcohol is too normalised in today's society. It's kind of almost shocking how normalised it is because we've had it for so long. Yeah, I'd agree. Like, I think its crippling effects are crazy. Like, You see people that just like lose everything through alcohol. And it's, like, it, it's so easy to just spiral that kind of way. I think it's really interesting as well how commercialised selling and production of booze is today. And how almost exploited we are in terms of the cost. And it's such an essential. You could talk about restaurants, nightclubs, all providing a space for you to drink and then be able to charge for it, which I don't think has been the case through history. When you look back to medieval England and they were able to make their own booze at home by mixing honey, water and yeast, creating off the land booze for the family. Some more things that will blow your mind. Beer is the world's most popular beverage alongside water and tea. Tea? Apparently, yeah. Still don't believe it. According to alcoholchange.org, the average drinker in the UK spends an estimated £62,000 over their lifetime on booze. Jesus. 62? £62,000. And another one, the average Briton will spend a year of their life hungover on average. The the being being in bed, like feeling hungover, or just like a headache. You'll have a headache for a I, year. I don't make the criteria, but I'm I'm saying that's just what it is. You got a year of your life is taken up by being hungover. That is horrendous. To be fair, like, would you rather have like one year of your life hungover, or have it spread throughout your life? Spread. I agree. It's got to be hundred percent. I reckon I could do a year. Yeah, but imagine how hellish that year would be. You'd probably like you would. Yeah, just no one. Would, I'd want to talk to no one for a year. Yeah, I'd do nothing for a year. For I'd year. have to drop out of uni. Yeah, 
on the topic of hangovers, the world's longest hangover was coincidentally a British man, a Scotsman to be exact, and it was one month. No. He was hungover for one month. I'm not having that. He's definitely lying. That's was, ridiculous. No, just to get off work. He's definitely fine after maybe a week and he's gone, oh, I don't mind this staying at home stuff. The man was hospitalised for a month because <laughs> he drank 60 No, no, pints. no, still not having it. <laughs> I, reckon there, I reckon there was definitely some like nurse he fancied and he was just like, I don't, I'm I, still not feeling better. I think he was past the point. I think he had, apparently had 60 pints in one day. I've done a bit of research on trying to find the greatest drunk of all time. Oh, and yeah. I've discovered Andre the Giant, who was oh. a pro wrestler yeah. in the we 1960s. Know Andre the Giant. Of course. Standing at seven foot five, Andre reportedly consumed 7,000 calories of alcohol a day. He would routinely drink a 12-pack of beer before a wrestling match. He would average a case on road trips every 90 minutes. <laughs> 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 One case per ninety. <laughs> Watch this. <laughs> Generational stats. <laughs> Andre consumed sixteen bottles of plum wine before wrestling three matches shortly thereafter. Andre rarely drunk enough to pass out. One of the few times he did was after consuming one hundred nineteen beers in six hours. <laughs> That's roughly one beer every three minutes, non-stop, for six <laughs> hours straight. People's Instagram bios or they're LinkedIn. Yeah. You yeah. know, I'm a good I can type fast. I've got a boyfriend. That would be my Instagram <laughs> bio. <laughs> my stats. My drinking. I could drink a bit every three minutes. Yeah, for six hours. Averaging one case <laughs> per ninety. So now we're gonna move on to our top ten, which this week is about historical events fueled by alcohol. So you've got three strikes and you each have to guess what historical events you think were fueled by alcohol? And I'll tell you whether or not they're in this list. Does anyone want to kick me off? Hear me out. Russians, they love, they love their, their alcohol. We oh, know this. Yeah. Russian Revolution. Yeah, the Russian Revolution is a great one because it's said, like, apparently the people of Petrograd, after the Tsar left, just raided the Tsar's secret stash and just got smashed. It's also said, like, without this, the Bolsheviks might have not been able to take control as easily. Anti-revolutionary accounts that were there at the time were saying stuff like oh because people were so drunk they were so loose with their values and kind of just let the bolsheviks take control so almost in a sense um without alcohol the bolsheviks and communism may have never risen to power in russia so that's a good one that's number four in the list it's a good one to kick us off i'm gonna go for a problematic time something where passions were high the assassination of martin luther king you're close but no cigar <sighs> Assassinations on here, but unfortunately not the assassination mm. of Martin Luther oh, King. I've, I've got it. I've got it. Go for it. The assassination of Archduke Franz Ferdinand to start World War One. I'm afraid he wasn't pissed. What? That's one strike each for you. Are we in America? Yeah. It's not JFK. Oh. I'm going to go for the assassination of Abraham Lincoln. Ding, ding, ding. Spot on. That comes in at number three. Abraham Lincoln's bodyguard had decided that... Ah, Abe's safe. He's good. And they'd gone on into the town and went to the pub next to where John Wilkes Booth was drinking and decided to get smashed himself. Probably doing it with Abe's money as well. So there's four and there's three. What about some wars? Maybe seven years war? Yeah, that's wrong, unfortunately. That's two strikes for you. A bit of uh, Field of the Cloth of Gold. Oh, that's a good one. It is a good one. And he's right. It sits at number eight on the list. And like, you know, 
we'd spoken about ceremonies. This is the biggest ceremony of them all. In today's money, I believe it was like millions were spent on this kind of event between the French and the English. But there was definitely alcohol involved because obviously the French and the English king fought. They wrestled. Maybe Francis insulted Henry's manhood. So that, that's great. We've got number three, number four, and number eight on the list. I'm going to stay in America, go for a big ceremony. Mm-hmm. I'm going to lock in on the creation of the Constitution. I'll give you it. I'll give okay. you it. The exact wording is the signing of the Constitution, but okay. it's kind of, you're saying the same thing. But it, he's right. That comes in at number six. We mark occasions by drinking. For the Americans, this was the biggest occasion of all. It said that like all 55 delegates went to a pub afterwards and just got absolutely hammered and only two documents survive that day the actual constitution and the receipt from the bar do you want to know the numbers please so (laughs) apparently the framers of the constitution drank 54 bottles of madeira wine 60 bottles of regular wine eight bottles of whiskey 42 assorted bottles of porter beer and hard cider and seven bowls of alcoholic punch that is good going to be fair that is good going not only that but the cost of this party went down in the history books as it was around $90 at the time, which in today's money is $20,000. To be fair, though, you'd expect these, like, presidents or whatever, these important people, it's going to be more than 20 grand. That's, I think they were quite moderate, actually. They're probably good <laughs> for it. 20 grand is, like, your limit, surely, between 55 people. These are, like, top one percenters of the newly emerging modern world. I reckon they were good for it. Yeah. They're, like, big wealth controllers. How many do you reckon Hamilton could sink? Less. Less so? Yeah, writer. Ooh. (laughs) Calling him out? Yeah. As a a lightweight? Yeah, probably. (laughs) Do you he left early? Yeah. Eliza's calling him home. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So we've got three, four, eight, and six on the list. It seems to be there's a lot of Americans, but I think there's a lot of Russians as well. We've already had one Russian. Yeah. So sticking with that theme, give me the Russian uh, Civil War. They were not drunk, apparently. It's not on the list. It's on on my list. (laughs) (laughs) Two strikes each. I'm going to stay in America still. Wow. There's a lot of American guesses from you, Louis. Yeah. I'm going to go for the Boston Tea Party. That's a good one. Again, it's wrong, unfortunately. It's not on the list. You're gone. You're gone. (laughs) Louis, can you clean up? I don't think you can. It's really tricky. I think this is is a tricky top ten this week. Um, I'm going to go for a a rogue one, but we're, we're coming home. Not... I've, I forgot about the Russians. We're coming. We're coming back to Britain. Give me Charles the First execution. Wrong, unfortunately. So that's three strikes for both of you. I'll read through them. At number one, we had the rise of agriculture, the biggest event affected uh. by alcohol. The reason it's at number one is because it sh- it was a shift in society. It it was when we stopped being hunting gatherers and decided to to stick to farming and decided that was a better way of life. It's almost like basis of civilization. At number two, we have the burning of Persopolis. So, Alexander the Great conquered everything, as we know. He conquered Persia. They've rolled into the city and they were having a great party because they've conquered the pride of Syria, which was um, Persopolis. They're all pissed up, obviously, just taking the city. And one of his captains goes, you wouldn't burn it down, Alexander, would you? And Alexander goes, watch me. (laughs) So, this pride, this huge, like, city, almost like Hanging Gardens of Babylon, kind of, esque city alexander the great just burns it to the ground because he's pissed up on a dare at number three we had it it was lincoln's assassination number four we had it the october revolution well done Lewis. <clears throat> number five is another american one should have stuck should have stuck to america it's washington's entry into politics 
which is a really interesting one because Washington actually lost his first ever political campaign because of alcohol. Not in a way that he was drunk, because he didn't offer enough of it out. His opponent during his campaign offered people alcohol while campaigning and everyone just voted for him. And Washington was so stunned that in the next campaign that he did, he used the same tactics and won on a landslide. Just shows Jesus could have been a great politician. (laughs) (laughs) Why? We had a number six, which was the signing of the constitution. Number seven, again in America. They absolutely love it over there. This is an American list. Prohibition. When something's banned, you want to do it more, don't you? Number seven was Andrew Jackson's inauguration, but not how you might think. It wasn't that he got pissed. It was the crowd. There was. It was said that there was a crowd of 21,000 people and that after Andrew Jackson had been sworn in and all this, he invited them all into the White House for free, for free beer. It's said that Andrew Jackson had to escape through a window and go into a nearby hotel for the night. Jesus. How they got everyone out of the White House, because once you're in, you don't really want to leave, was they took all the beer outside. Accounts afterwards say that the White House smelled of cheese and beer for two weeks. Not a bad smell. Not a great smell. (laughs) You wouldn't want to bring your mum round after. (laughs) (laughs) Honey, you've just been sworn in. Can I come and see the White House? No. No, No, you can't. No, I'm coming to yours. Put a candle on. (laughs) (laughs) Well, he had a Yankee candle, did he? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he's a Yankee. (laughs) At number eight, we already had it. I think you got it, Lewis. It was Field of the Cloth of Gold. Number nine was the Eggnog Riot. Number ten is a really good one. It was the wedding of King George IV. Anyone know anything about this? Not a Scooby-Doo. So it was at this point where the monarchy had got themselves quite into debt. And if you've seen Blackadder, you'll know all about it. It's like King George III going loopy and just like spending all the money. And anyway, the monarchy got themselves in debt. And so they had to marry a wealthy family. And apparently when the Prince Regent, George IV, soon to be king, saw his new wife, he asked a servant for a glass of brandy. He was that disgusted with her. But he didn't stop there. He then said another brandy, another brandy, another brandy. And so much so that he had to be carried up the aisle, was slurring his vows and even started crying at the altar. The cherry on top of the cake is that he couldn't perform his royal duties as it was as he passed out on the fire grate. Well, I mean, a sad day for the monarchy. (laughs) So, Charlie, you mentioned the beer of bread theory which sounds like quite a pivotal moment in human history in that it completely reshaped the way we live and work. It did. And, and you're exactly right with that. It was extremely pivotal. This theory proposed by Brian Hayden at Simon Fraser University during the 1950s was one that grain wasn't, wasn't first domesticated for bread. Instead, that people grew and stored grain for bit before they even cultivated it for bread. The basis of civilization is almost rooted to alcohol rather than bread and vegetables, that they decided to start growing crops for beer. Yeah. And that they they didn't really want to change their diets at all. They just wanted to drink more. Yeah. (laughs) It's that that initial shift that made people realise that settling down was beneficial. It was the reason that settling down became a priority. Yeah. I think you're spot on with that. And I think that It's the reason why in every civilization that we see across the globe, whether it be in South America or in Asia, like you said with China, Lewis, earlier, in every civilization, or at least at the start of every civilization, there is alcohol. And I think that that's a a great way of looking at it, that it isn't 
food. It isn't something that we actually need that, that made us stop and, and, and civilize ourselves. It was alcohol. Now we have our final round, which is the multiple choice, where we will look for history's most prolific pissheads. I'm going to give you three choices for each famous figure from history, and you need to tell me what was their drink of choice. To kick us off, we're going for a big one. We're going Julius Caesar. The options are A, red wine, B, beer, or C, mead. I don't think there's much deliberating on on this one. No, Come on now. It's an easy one to start. It is. It's a soft one to start with. Give me the wine. Yeah, A, wine. You're absolutely right. (coughs) Roman culture was just mainly red wine. Beer was frowned upon. It was seen as barbaric. I'm pretty sure they diluted their wine as well, as they thought it was healthy. Diluted wine was seen as as part of a healthy diet at the time. Right, next up we have Lenin. And the options are A, vodka, B, rum, or C, beer. I mean, he is Russian. We don't want to be too stereotypical around No, no, but but the Russians are famous for their vodka, so... Yeah, it's I'm a happy with vodka. It's a yeah. slam dunk. You're going vodka? Yeah, looking yeah. in a vodka. It's not vodka. What? It's beer. His beer of choice was a Russian brand called, excuse the pronunciation, Zigolyovsky. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, that does make sense, I guess, because he spent a lot of time in exile in places like Germany and Switzerland yeah, and they maybe, drove beer. Maybe it's strange it's no- it was a Russian beer that he favoured. Rum was a close favourite as well. Then with communism, we have Karl Marx. And the options are A, brandy, B, ice champagne, and C, pilsner. Let's get the ice champagne off that, by the way. There is no way. It's too bourgeois. It's too bourgeois. I'm thinking pilsner. See, I thought brandy. I thought it was pilsner because he was so specific about the type of beer. Yeah, cool. He could have just said beer. But I can just picture him there, like, writing the communist manifesto with a little glass of brandy and one ice cube. You know them people that yeah. walk up to the bar? Can I have one ice cube, please? <laughs> yeah, I, that was Karl Marx. Okay, I, you know what? You've run me over. I'll go. I'll go. Brandy? Yeah. Okay. Brandy, please. You're wrong. Wrong? It's ice Sorry. champagne. What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Quite bourgeois of him. So you didn't enjoy warm champagne? Only iced? Only ice. <laughs> How middle class, Marx? <laughs> yeah. You traitor. Right, next up we have... Chairman Mao, and the options are A, Tiger Lager, B, Mao Tai, or C, Japanese whiskey. Let's think logically. I mean, for me, it has to only be one answer. Japanese whiskey, I don't think he's going to be a fan. No. Although Japanese whiskey is lovely, I just think he's, no, no. he's not going to want to do with it. No. He has Stick beef. with China. Yeah. Tiger Lager's not Chinese. Tiger Lager, that's Indian, isn't it? But the thing is literally called Mao. What? Wow. What was it? Sorry, Mao Tai. Mao Tai. It has to be whatever Mao Tai is. We're locking it in. We'll, we'll have it. Yeah. Yeah. It's a it's a Chinese liqueur which he was apparently very favourable of. Very expensive. So we were right. Yeah. Come on. Right. We're back. We're back. A pricey liqueur. Next, closer to home, we have William the Conqueror, and the options are A. White wine, B. Ale, or C. Cider. I don't think it's white wine. I think he's an ale man. Yeah, I'd agree. Coming you from got, like you know, Scandinavian. Germanic, yeah, Scandinavian. Yeah. They're like I'd go like there. A bit of ale, like a bit of beer. Yeah, we'll lock in we'll lock in um ale, please. Incorrect. It's C cider. I didn't know William the Conqueror was a <laughs> 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 Yeah. The Normans are 
credited with bringing cider over to the UK, in fact. Um, which makes a lot of sense. Good climate. Yeah, to be fair, it, aren't the orchards all in Kent and Sussex, where yep. he like landed? Yeah, yep. all the big ones. And Normandy. Yeah. Next up, Winston Churchill. And we have <clears throat> A, whiskey, B, port, or C, Stella. I have C, I, I have a, I have an inkling. I think it's whiskey. I think when I, I think it's Darkest Hour. I have I've no watched. idea. I'll, I'll let you take over. On Darkest so I Hour, have no idea. if you've if you've watched it, I'm pretty sure half the time it's just neck and whiskey. So yeah, yeah, I, I trust you on this one. I'm, I'm thinking, I'm thinking whiskey. We're locking in. Absolutely right. And we can go more specific as well. He was favourable to Johnny Walker Red Label. I don't know the brand. I it's, don't know Johnny Walker. I've heard of it's it. It's uh, it's a Scotch, I believe. It's uh, yeah, um, it sounds pretty. Yeah. All right then. Um, Fair enough, Winston. On our on the previously mentioned list, where Andre the Giant was top pisshead of all time, Churchill comes third. Does he? So he must He's have done really, us proud. Yeah. He must have really liked whiskey. Very good on you, man. Finally, we have Genghis Khan, and the options are A. Blood, <laughs> B. Hot wine, yeah. or C. Kumis, which What's, is yeah. a fermented horse milk mixed with vodka. I think it's got to be that one, the horse milk with vodka. Well, he ain't drinking hot wine. It's from. Blood's from Mongolia. Bloods he definitely did, but Blood, that's but not his drink of choice. Mongolia is colder than you think. I know, but the, yeah, but he definitely there. just moved. There's nothing there. Yeah, there is, it is literally just like a little desert. Yeah, right. we'll go. We'll go for Kumis. Yeah, you're going Kumis. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Of Perfect. course, of course, it had something horsey in there. <laughs> well done, chaps. That's about all we've got time for this week. Thank you all very much for listening. Thank you to Charlie. Thank you very much. Thank you to Lewis. Thank you. And it's goodbye from us. Goodbye.